This morning, I'd like to welcome you to the table, to the banquet, to the shared meal. We're in Luke chapter 14, and in Luke chapter 14, Jesus is sitting at dinner in the home of one of the Pharisees on a Sabbath. Uh, as would be common to do, you would, you would host gatherings on the Sabbath, and so Jesus is there, he's sharing in conversation and in meal with all these people, and he around this table has four conversations, four distinct conversations, but related conversations. All of them revolve around, really, dinners and banquets. And so as he tells some parables here, as he does some teaching, they happen all around the table, they relate to table, and so today, we're going to talk about them with a table. So we're starting in Luke chapter 14. I'm going to read a couple sections here throughout the sermon. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal one on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. So Jesus is at this meal. At one of the ruler of the Pharisees, it would have been a big deal to put on a meal like this. Um, meals are important in those days. When you share a table with somebody, you accept them. In fact, the Pharisees are always complaining about how Jesus sits and eats with tax collectors. Again and again, this is their complaint. But at the same time, Jesus is becoming a popular person. So if as a Pharisee, you don't want Jesus meeting with these other people, but you would like them meeting with you. And so Jesus is at the dinner, but the text says they're watching him carefully. A man comes into the party with dropsy. Dropsy is a kind of a common term for uh, a disease called edema. Not edema with your lungs, edema. It's It's a fluid that gets under your skin and builds up. And uh, you can get really puffy with it. It can cause a ton of pain. Uh, and so this person would have very obviously had this. Okay, Would have been really puffed up in the skin. It can get very ugly. It can really uh, change the color of your skin. And so this person comes into the party at the Pharisee's house. Now listen, this person was not invited. Okay? This is, this is not a clean person. This, this person broke into the party. And we know that with Jesus, this happens every once in a while. Somebody is so desperate to get healed that they or their friends break in and, and try to get that person before Jesus. And that seems to be what happens here. And so he looks at this man. But it, it, the text says he responds to the lawyers and the Pharisees. What that probably means is they're trying to kick him out. You can't be here. You're not invited. Get away from our table. Get away from our food. Get out of our home. But Jesus responds to them and says, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Well, this is the big debate. There's all kinds of rules about work on the Sabbath. But here's the thing. 
The Pharisees can't heal anybody. These Pharisees have never healed anybody in their life. And I have news for you. There's no law about healing on the Sabbath. Because most people can't heal, right? You can walk, you can work. There's rules about a lot of that stuff. But, but healing, there's no rule for that. There's no distinct rule for that. But, but they're trying to assume that probably you shouldn't. But notice they don't even answer Jesus. And so Jesus heals the man. It's interesting in Jesus' stories that healing is just kind of like, an, like a part of the story. You notice that? Like if anybody else got healed in this room today, it'd be like a huge deal. In this story, it's just part of the happening. Like, oh, and so Jesus heals the guy, sends him on his way, and then continues the conversation. Like this must have happened at dinner all the time. I don't understand it. We'd be really excited for a healing. Here in the story, it just sort of happens and they move on. And Jesus asks... Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull them out? See, this is a really tricky question. Because technically, digging somebody out of a well would be work. But they said if it was your ox, or if it was your son, you would do it. The, the, the life would be more important than the rule. But, but of course, they can't say anything to that. Because that's not how they're oriented. They want the rules to be first. They're worried about the wrong things. Interestingly, Jesus knows they're worried about the wrong things because it's happening at the dinner. So so as we continue in the story, we know that that Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you're worried about the wrong things. Now he's going to look around the dinner party and he's going to pick out examples of why their priorities are messed up. So, verse 7. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they had chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come to you and say, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you and say, friend, move up higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus looks around the party, and there's all these people who have been invited to the party, and they're trying to get the best seats. Now, the way this would work is the most important people would get to sit near the host. And then the further away you were in the room meant you were further away from the host and you were less important in that room. If you, if you or your daughters or granddaughters have ever tried to plan out a uh, wedding reception, it's really kind of the same process, right? You gotta have the family up front. You can't have Uncle Joe next too close to this person because they fight. You're all worried about the seating arrangement in the room, right? You you gotta keep them separate. And you gotta put the most important people there, and the people you know will forgive you, you stick them in the back, right? But in this society, that was your standing in the community, and your standing in the community was a big deal, especially if you're a Pharisee. So Jesus looks at all these people fighting to get the right seats. Right? And you can imagine two people are sitting next to each other, and then another person like tries to squeeze in. You know, I'm, I'm not as good as this person, but I, I'm, I'm but better than this person. So there's this jostling, this trying to find the right place. So Jesus turns to those invited, watching them fight like this. 
and says, no, 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 don't, don't do it like that. Because if you get an important spot, and then somebody more important comes, then the host has to embarrass you and ask you to sit further away. No, I'm sorry, sir, you don't get to sit at this table. You've got to sit at the table in the back. Then you look like an idiot. You look bad in the community. Jesus says, no, don't do that. You sit in the back. Take the position of humility. And then allow the person to go get you and bring you up to the head table. Take the low place. Because if you're a humble person, you'll be exalted. But if you try to exalt yourself, then, then you're going to get humbled. Ultimately, people are interested in themselves. Their own popularity, their own standing. If you go back to Genesis, this is a big part of the fall. Right? Adam and Eve, you know what's going to happen if you take that fruit? You're going to be like God. Ooh, I get to be like God? Cain and Abel, jealous of one another. Cain kills Abel. Why? Because he wants his standing. He's jealous of his brother. This is the ultimate understanding of how human beings are. We care about ourselves. And Jesus says, no. We're to be humble. Now, I don't mean false humility. There's a lot of Christians walking around with this false humility. And it's, it's, it's not right. It says, oh, I'm terrible. I'm nothing. I'm lowly. I'll go sit in the back because that's where I deserve to be. No, no, no. You are a precious gift to this world by Jesus Christ. You were bought for and paid for with a price. You're special. You're important. There's nothing wrong when you do get exalted, praised for things. That's okay. But you're not out to seek those things. You take the road of humility, and if somebody praises you for it, then you point the glory back to Jesus. That's okay. Jesus isn't saying you shouldn't sit at the front table at all. He's saying go sit in the back. Take the road of humility. And then if you get exalted, you'll be honored. Jesus has this conversation with those who are invited. And then, so he's got the conversation about, uh, conversation number one, he's got the conversation about the person with dropsy. Now he's talked to the people invited. Now he turns to talk to the host. He also said to the man who had invited him, that would be the, the ruler in the Pharisees, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. So Jesus looks at this host of the party, and he sees a problem with the host of the party too. That the host of the party has invited important people. In fact, he probably invited Jesus because he wanted to look like he was close to Jesus. When in reality, they're watching him. They're testing him. They don't want to be around Jesus, but they want to look like they want to be around Jesus. And so Jesus calls them on it. And he says, don't, don't invite the wealthy and those that are going to get you something. Right? That's like, back to our weddings today. It's like inviting somebody who's wealthy because they might give you a good present. Or because they might invite you to one of their parties or one of their weddings. But really, it's self-seeking. But invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's an interesting list. Poor, crippled, lame, and the blind. Those are all people in that society that would have had to beg. Those are beggars. Those are people you would see every day on the road. You knew those people. You walked by them every day on your way to work. 
They're begging. Jesus said, invite those people. Why? Because, because they're going to be forever grateful. Because they can't pay you back. See, too often when we go to serve other people, we serve other people as a means to serve ourselves. We go, we care about other people so that they'll thank us. We go and care about other people, but it's ultimately so that we feel better about ourselves. And Jesus says, that's, that's not the game. That's the same problem of being self-seeking. When you do good, do good for them. Your relationships are not a means to an end. So Jesus is telling us, you can, the room is kind of getting excited because um, he's calling people on things. We don't know how tight these conversations are together. Like this is not a real natural conversation in the text. Probably this is a couple conversations throughout dinner. 15 then. When one of those reclining at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the... At the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. But others said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I have to go to examine them. Please have me excused. And others said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. I think that's the version of my wife said I can't go. I think he's pinned it on his wife, but whatever. So the servant came and reported to these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in, guess who? The poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges And compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So somebody in the room hears what Jesus is saying, probably a Pharisee, and said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now again, their understanding of the kingdom of God is not Jesus's. And he's constantly up against this. And in fact, right here the text says, but he said to him. So, so there's a contrast, right? Jesus wants to correct something in this guy's understanding. Blessed is everyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. Maybe the kingdom of God isn't what this man thinks. Maybe everyone who this man thinks is going to be in the kingdom is not necessarily going to be in the kingdom. So Jesus tells a parable of a man who's hosting a great banquet. Again, interesting, because he's sitting at a banquet. Man goes to host a great banquet and invites all kinds of people. But people won't come to his banquet. And he gets the excuses. I just bought a field. I just bought five oxen. I just got married and she said I can't come. And the servant in turn reports every one of these responses. And the host is angry. Angry that these people won't come to his party. Why? Because that would be a public rejection of the person. You can go check out your field tomorrow. You can go look at these five oxen the next day. And you don't normally get invited to a banquet that's happening that same day. You knew this was coming. These are all 
not very good excuses, but they're excuses nonetheless. So there's still room. So the servants are told to go out and find the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Again, these are the beggars. These are the ones that would have been in the community but would not have normally been invited to the banquet. Say, go get them. Invite them, bring them here. There's still room. So the the man says, go out to the highways and the byways. Go out to the people we don't even know. People not from our community. People we don't even see. And bring them into the party. Go find the people we don't even know. And Jesus says, For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. The people who were invited, the ones who got the front, the, the first invitations, they got the, the save the dates, they're not coming in. It's going to be the last, the least, the broken. See, this man who says this, said, blessed is everyone who eat, God, eat in the kingdom of, of God. He assumes he's in. He assumes he's in on this banquet because he's good. Because he's followed the rules. Because he's got a pretty good sit, seat at the table. And Jesus says, that doesn't get you in. Those priorities actually get you out of the banquet. No. You're in if you go in. Just because you're Jewish. Or just because you're religious. Or just because you go to church doesn't get you in. Will you come to the invitation of the Lord of the banquet? And what's the one story that all, what's the one thing all these conversations have in common? They're, they're about banquets, they're about tables, and they're told around a table. You are invited to this banquet. And isn't it cool that we celebrate every month at a table? The, the, the table of our Lord. And this is the table where we're all invited. Where it doesn't matter what you've done before. I always remember that when Jesus did this originally with his disciples, all those disciples were about to abandon him. Peter was going to deny him. Judas Iscariot is in the room with the bread and the juice. That there is nothing you can do that keeps you from this table. In fact, this table is especially welcoming to the poor, the lame, and the blind. That's who the table is meant for. Just because you're churchy, just because you can talk a good Christian line, no, what brings you here is grace. And it's grace for everyone. And it should be grace for one another. This table is not self-seeking, it's Christ-seeking. And you're invited to live as a part of that life. And yes, there are rules. Yes, there are manners for the table. You've got to have manners. Do you ever eat at a table with a one-year-old? Right? They're throwing stuff. The only word they know is no and mine. So they reject the food they don't want. And they say mine and pound on the tray till they get the food that they want. How many Christians live as one-year-olds? And mine. I want it now. It's at the table where you learn these things as a kid. Where you learn that you have to share. Where you learn conversation. You learn please and thank you. You learn to wait your turn. Jesus sits down at a table and He sees the chaos of all this self-seeking stuff that the Pharisees think are going to get them in. But, but they're not. And he uses the table to critique all those things. 
uses this as a chance to tell some parables and to teach a little bit better table manners. But more than that, to teach what God's kingdom is all about. And so we come to the table. And I really wanted to set this up as a banquet table. So that you're coming to dinner. And the Lord is the host of this dinner. Remember in the Psalm 23 how the Lord prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. doesn't matter what you're up against. doesn't matter what your enemies are right now. Whether there be something going wrong inside your body or something outside or another person or just a circumstance, you can come to this table and find rest. doesn't matter how loyal you've been to Christ or how selfish you've been in your life, you can come to this table and find grace. And so today we're going to have communion at the banquet table. Now it's going to work a little bit different. What I'm going to ask you to do is come forward and we're going to have people stand, six to eight people right across. We, we, we got plenty of time here. We're just going to stand across the table as if you were seated at the meal. And then myself and a couple of the elders are going to serve the communion meal. So what we're going to do is we're going to start from this end. And one of us will have the bread. And one of us will have the juice cups. And one of us will collect the juice cups. And so once you've partaken of communion, we're going to ask you if you can to come down the center aisle to fill in along the table. And then once you've received communion, to to go back to your seat. And then we'll fill again, if that makes sense. So we'll be serving down the table. And then we'll swing around and serve the table again. And I want you to to hear the song that we're going to have playing on the sound system. And I want you to be thinking about the banquet table. Because it's a special time. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to the table... Speak and move and work. Whatever we have been through. Whatever enemies we have prepare this table before us. Whatever bad manners we have had in being self-seeking. Let us move past that and be healed at your table. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.